closing out our series called One Another. And this is our teaching text. As a prisoner of the Lord, prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I am thrilled to, uh, to have my new friend, newish friend, uh, friends, the Balas, with us today. Um, Percy uh, is, um, is a youth director, youth pastor, your youth and young adult pastor, and sweet Nike wear. Percy Bala at North Providence Assembly of God. And he's become a, a friend of mine, a friend of our communities. Um, getting to, to have dinner with these two and just to hear their heart for the city, um, their, their heart for community development, their heart for getting involved in the trenches of some of the most under-resourced. And I, I just wanted to have him come and share with us and close out this series. So can you give it up for Percy Bala? Thank you, Andrew. Good morning, Sanctuary Church. I am so excited that I finally was able to make it out here. Um, thank you so much, Andrew, again for this opportunity. Um, I just want to start out by just, you know, this is a um, tradition from where I come from is like we give honor to, to a people. It's a part of my culture, you know, like we show respect to people. And um, I just want to just start out by honoring Pastor Andrew. Uh, can we give him like a big hand clap? God bless him and his wife, Corey, by the way. Corey, because you know, this, like they say, like, like a great man has a greater woman behind him. So I'm sure Corey does a lot also. So thank you both. And um, Pastor Sarah and her husband and like the sanctuary team, um, thank you guys so much for blessing me with this opportunity to come and um, speak this morning. So um, Pastor Andrew and I were just talking about your theme that you've been going through, the one another theme. And um, I just took the last um, few days or so really reflecting and seeking God for what he would want me to communicate to you. And at first, I was going to do, like, um, an old sermon. And Pastor Andrew's like, hey, Percy, you can do whatever sermon that you want to do, you know. But I was kind of stubborn. I'm like, you know what? No. Like, uh, I actually feel like preaching a brand new sermon. So I'm going to just try to put some work into this. Um, but as I was preparing this sermon I believe that God placed something really heavy in my heart to challenge this body with, specifically. Something very almost prophetic that I want to speak over you guys. I want to speak a word of encouragement over you as you transition out of this theme of one another. All right? And what I want to tell you today is that your church is not an ordinary church. Your church is, is an extraordinary church. If you're here for the first time and you're sitting, I don't know about you, but I was really blown away by the Spirit of God I was here this morning. Not just from the worship. That was incredible, right? Wasn't that amazing? Like Pastor Andrew and all his like um, sync and all that stuff. Like that was just so awesome. But hearing about the service that your church is doing by um, adopting people and empowering um, people to just go out there and just make an impact in this city that is powerful. That is extraordinary. 
All right? So this morning, I want to encourage you, especially those who have not been um, connected to the vision of this church. I want to encourage you this morning. I also felt led to speak to those who maybe you've been holding some unforgiveness in your heart. All right? I want to challenge you this morning. And the third audience that I want to speak to also is for those of you who maybe at times you've been, you've been like not as loyal. Maybe you've been gossiping here and there and talking about your brothers and your sisters behind their backs and causing some disunity. I felt less specifically to encourage and speak to that group of people. All right? So with that said, uh, Pastor Andrew read my text, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Starting from verse 1, Pastor Andrew already read that passage of Scripture. Um, I'm going to title this sermon, Strength in Numbers, okay? Subtitle, Living Together in Unity, all right? Strength in Numbers. If you're not familiar with that phrase, then that means you're probably not a basketball fan, okay? Are there any basketball fans here? Can you raise your hand? Okay. You can put your hands down. The rest of you guys is like, where does that come from? Like, I like that phrase, but where does it come from, really, you know? So if you're truly a basketball fan, you would know that that um, strength in numbers is actually the slogan of the Golden State Warriors, okay? How many of you guys, be honest, you hate the Golden State Warriors? Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Andrew was amening over there, all right? The Golden State Warriors, okay? And I know that, I, that I'm, I'm in Celtic Nation right now, you know, so I'm going to just be really careful about what I say here. Um, I am not a Golden State Warriors fan, okay? I'm not a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm actually a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Don't boo, okay? We're going to keep going. <laughs> but the Golden State Warriors, a lot of us really don't like them because they're considered to be a super team. Like, the advantage that they have is so unfair. They have four players that are considered to be all-star players. Who's going to beat that team? And then this past summer, they added another player. Their most weakest position, they added the best center in, in the whole NBA, DeMarcus Cousins. So now they have five all-star players playing for their teams, all right? If you don't like basketball, don't worry about watching basketball because it's going to be really boring this year, okay? The Warriors are going to win a championship. I'm going to speak it right now like I did last year. They're going to win it again. I'm sorry, okay? It's so unfair because they have a super team, all right? And with that said, their, like, their slogan of strength in numbers represents them as a team. Even though they have a super team, they're still good as uh, um, known as working together as one unit. Yes, they have five different players who are very good, but those four or five players, they know how to play their role. They know how to function on that super team to help them win championship. So they say we're strong together when we, um, when we, when go, when we work as one team. They are good because they have really good chemistry, all right? They have very good chemistry. They're very loyal to each other. Oftentimes when the media talks about the other player, they have, um, they have um, 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 each other's backs, okay? And also, they're not easily offended, all right? They're not easily offended. They joke around a lot all the time, okay? So they work together as, a, um, as like a one unit, and I believe that there's so much that we can learn from that team, Okay? As I was preparing this sermon, this is what the Lord 
I believe laid on my heart for me to speak over you is that sanctuary, spiritually speaking, you guys are like the Golden State Warriors. All right, come on now. You better receive that, all right? You guys are like the Golden State Warriors. It is not fair. You guys have a super team over here, okay? Like, if you don't believe me, look at a band. My goodness. It's like, how many churches have cool bands like that? Look at the graphics. Like, look at the community. Look at the work that you guys are doing. This church is filled with gifted people who are coming together to win a championship. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> And I'm not talking about trophy. I'm talking about souls. I'm talking about impacting and transforming the community. That's the type of championship that we, that you are working for. That is, that is why you're so passionate because you have a vision that God has given you to impact and transform this community and win souls for Jesus. All right? So God bless you guys. And I'm so thankful that you have a group of gifted people. But I want to encourage you today and just remind you, like the Apostle Paul reminded the Ephesians or the church of Ephesus in this text. He reminded them that even though your team can be very talented, remember that the most important thing your team is going to need is to function as one unit. is to have strength in numbers. It is to work together, have chemistry. It is to be loyal to each other, have each other's back, all right? It is to not be easily offended. Learn to forgive other people in the community that you live in, okay? That is what Paul did. So in Ephesians here in my text, who by the way, the church of Ephesus, all right, this is actually another super team. If you look at verse 11, Paul tells them, he says, you guys have apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, all right, pastors. Every church wants that. The church of Ephesus had that. They were known as a church planting center. They launched all the churches in Asia in their day. They were constantly launching church plants, constantly reproducing, constantly making an impact, constantly transforming the world that they live in. They had a group of gifted people right there in that church that was doing God's work. And Paul writes these words to them just to remind them about the importance of being united and staying connected to each other. Ephesians 1, I'm going to walk through this text with you. He says, as a prisoner, I mean 4 verse 1, he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. I'm going to just stop there. He says, I urge you, I beg you, basically, live a life worthy of of the calling that you have received. He starts out by reminding them of the why. Why should you live in unity? Why should you work together? Why should you have chemistry? It's because you are following this calling. You're living this life worthy of this calling that has been placed upon your life. This invitation that God give you to come into his kingdom. This burden that God has placed on you to impact the world that's around you. And this morning, before I even move forward in my text, I want to remind you to be motivated by the why. All right? 
The reason why we should be united, the reason why we should continue to work together with one another is because of the why. It's because we have this calling, this calling to love people out there who don't know Christ. This calling to go out there to the helpless and the broken and the homeless, to those kids that don't have mom and dad. That is the why. Have that in the forefront of your face every single day that you wake up. Whenever you feel like disunity is going to come in and mess with what God is doing, remind yourself of why you're staying connected to this body. Why should you be unified? It is because of the calling that God has placed on your life. Because that calling is very significant. It's very significant. Every single day you live, remind yourself of the why. Remind yourself of the why. Paul says to them here, he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. He says that be completely humble and gentle. Be patient Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. We have that one another phrase in there, right? He says, bearing with one another. Be completely humble. Be gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. If the why is the calling that God has placed on our lives. That is what is motivating us. That's what keeps us going every single day, keep us working together as a team. This next few verses is the how. How do we stay unified? How do we stay connected? And Paul breaks this down. He says here, he says, be completely humble and gentle. We have to be selfless. Because let me tell you, human nature, we care a lot about ourselves, all right? Psychologically speaking, like our body's number one job is to protect us and not everybody else. So we constantly have to fight against pride and ego, especially when you're working on the team. You constantly have to remind yourself, this is not about me. This is about God, and this is about the vision that we're trying to accomplish. So you have to be selfless. Have Three amazing kids, by the way, I didn't introduce my family. This is my wife over here, all right, Katie, all right, right there in the front. She's my better half. She's amazing. My other half, my Eve, my rib, whatever you want to call it, all right. Um, and then we have three amazing kids, Sophia, Oliver, and Mia. We're so blessed. We're three and out. We want no more kids except if we adopt a kid, you know. So we've been thinking about that in the future, all right. Um, so, I have three kids, okay? And let me tell you, kids are the most honest beings, all right? They're super honest with you. Uh, if they have an opinion about something, they're going to say it. And they're going to not care who's around. And sometimes as a parent, it can be really embarrassing. Like the other day, my daughter embarrassed me, all right? We were at VBS last week. And um, we're, we're at VBS. And um, the morning before VBS, I was doing her homework with her, and she was really struggling with it. And I was a little frustrated as her dad because I felt like she wasn't working hard enough, wasn't giving, like, her best. So I'm like, Sophia, come on, you got to try a little harder, you know. And then it went from there. She had an attitude with the babysitter. Um, and then, like, 
we have these consequences in our house that cause um, stars and stripes. So if you're doing a good job, you get a star. If you're not doing a good job, you get a strike, all right? If you get 10 stars, you get a prize. Three strikes, you don't get a prize that day, okay? So she was frustrated at me, upset. Went to VBS, and they had that circle time, and they're asking each other. It was like, all right, guys, what is your struggle this week, okay? And right in the circle, she goes to all her friends. She says, well, my struggle is my dad. My dad is my struggle this week, okay? And I'm like, this is so embarrassing, okay? But people understood. But kids are so honest. They tell you exactly how they feel. And they're always thinking about themselves. And it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes it is not a beautiful thing. God has called us to think about others, not just ourselves. Especially when we live and work within community. If we're to stay united, we have to think about others. Paul says here, be humble. Don't be prideful. Think about others. He says, and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Another version says to be meek, okay? Be meek meaning like you're able to get hurt and not react the wrong way. If you expect to be a part of what God is doing here at this church, be a part of this vision, prepare your hearts to get hurt. Prepare yourselves to get offended, okay? It is going to happen, I guarantee you. A lot of awesome things are going to happen, okay? Let me just say that. You're going to see some cool things happen and people's lives are going to be impacted. But guess what? When you live in community, you have different groups of people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, people who are imperfect. None of us here are perfect. And at some point, we're going to do something that might rub each other the wrong way. And here Paul is saying to the church of Ephesus, be prepared to be gentle with one another. If you're offended, respond the Christ-like way. Be patient with one another. Be, be a bear with one another in love. Be loving to one another. That was the message that he was giving this church. If you are to be united, you have to bear in love with one another. Because if you don't do that, disunity is going to disrupt what God has in store for this church. And honestly, knowing Pastor Andrew, if you're going to cause disunity, I'm sure he's going to say, all right, then you can go out there or Sarah, you can go do your own thing then. Okay? But I want to challenge you today. Be unified. Bear with one another in love. Prepare your heart. Okay? Prepare your heart to forgive. Okay? Prepare your hearts to forgive. Because guess what? Being in a community, and I've been in the, in the church community for a very long time. Some of the common things that happen in church communities, you don't want these things to happen, but they do. It's things like gossip. Sometimes what, what ends up happening is we offend each other or maybe someone might say something that you don't like or they're getting on your nerves. And instead of going to the person to talk to them individually, you go behind that back and you start talking to them. Or you, or you start talking to someone else about how that person offended you. Gossip causes disunity. Okay? The Golden Sis Warriors are a good team because they have each other's back. They are loyal to each other. So that means if I have somebody's back, when that back is turned towards me and somebody else try to trash talk them, I'm going to try to protect them. I'm going to say, bro, 
or sis, if you have an issue with that person, you go talk to them. I'm not going to slander against them. I understand some things are confidential and sometimes you got to process how you feel. I get that 100%. But you know when it turns into gossip. You know. All right? If you sense that coming and if it's going to disrupt the disunity within your church, say, hey, I, can't part- I cannot participate in that because I care about the unity of this community. All right? We have gossip. That's like a big issue, right? And then we also have unforgiveness. A lot of us sometimes really deal with that. Listen, it is so hard sometimes to forgive, especially when you have been deeply wounded by someone you love and you care for. It is so hard to forgive. But if you're not careful with that, unforgiveness can become an issue that messes you up. It turns, eventually it turns into bitterness and it turns into rage and anger and all kind of nasty things. So if you're in the house this morning, if you're in this community today, and you're dealing with that bitter feeling, maybe someone offended you or rubbed you the wrong way, and you've been offended, I want to encourage you today to present your unforgiveness to God because it is not his will that you live with that, okay? God loves you, and God wants you to love others. I understand that it's really hard to forgive. I get it. It is difficult. And sometimes it's a process. I get that. But I want to challenge you today. Like Paul challenged the church of Ephesus, he says, bear with one another in love through the bond of peace. Through the bond of peace. Here is like he's saying, almost allow peace to be like the link that keeps you guys connected. Because let me tell you, there's always going to be conflict, right? There's always going to be conflict sometimes. We pray against it. We do our best to avoid it. But at some point, conflict happens. Conflict is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it actually helps the team grow and get better and get stronger. But how we deal with it, it's really um, um, what matters. But Paul is saying, whatever you do, deal with it peacefully. Let peace keep you guys connected. Let peace keep you bound together. Okay? So, this is the how. All right? The why we are united, why we live in unity, why we work together is because of the vision, because of the calling that God has placed on our lives. That is the big picture. We see that all the time, every single day. The how is we learn how to be humble. We don't think about ourselves all the time. We learn how to be patient and gentle with each other. We bear with one another in love, like Paul says. We are willing to forgive. We are going to try our best to avoid gossip, all right, because we want to keep this community united and connected, okay? And then Paul closes out this section with this, verses um, 5, verses 4, sorry. He says, there is one body... One spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Sometimes when Paul writes, he's very repetitive with the words that he says, all right? Kind of like I talk sometimes. But the reason why he's repetitive is because he's emphasizing to the people the importance of oneness. One, 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 one. He's saying it over and over again so that it can stick inside of their hearts. He reminds them. He says there was one body, 
Your community is not, yes, you have multiple um, church plants, but yet you function as one unit. It is one body of Christ. You see, God in itself is one God in three persons, yes, but he's one God, Paul tells them. All right, you have one body. He says you have one spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit, one spirit working in and through us, not multiple spirits. One spirit, he says. One Lord, one Savior. We're not saved by multiple saviors. We're saved by one Savior, Jesus Christ. So that means we're all on the same team. One Savior, one faith, okay? One faith, he reminds them. One baptism, one God and Father of all. One, we are one. Therefore, we must fight against disunity. That's what Paul reminds them. So, I'll begin to close with this. Like the church of Ephesus that was known as a church planting machine, they were a super team that were empowered supernaturally by God to do mighty things in their community. They had gifted people left and right, apostles, prophets, teachers, graphic designers, musicians, like storytellers, you know, uh, amazing kids, pastors, um, um, engineers, um, all these amazing things, all right? They were a super team. Like the church of Ephesus, I see sanctuary like this church. And you guys have a super team in this place. Let me tell you, don't be ashamed of it. Embrace it. You have a super team. But I'd like to remind you today to continue to work together. Continue to live in unity with one another. Do not allow disunity to disrupt what God is doing in this community. I would like to conclude by giving you all some time to reflect. And this is what I wrote down. I'd like to read from my notes specifically to you. I would challenge you from the sermon. So if you can, you can focus, prepare your hearts. We'll have a time of reflection here before we try to recommit to what God is doing. So I wrote this in my notes. From the beginning of time, Satan the serpent has always tried to cause division among God's people by spreading lies. He caused division between God and humanity when he whispered his lies to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Gethsemane, rather in the Garden of Eden. The separation, this separated God from man, and this caused, this division between God and man had a domino effect within the community of, among Christians. The ancient serpent is still up to his old tricks today. Today he is still whispering lies to us that are contrary to the word of God. He whispered lies to our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, things that are not true. He does that to cause us to be disunified. 
to cause us not to be unified. To cause us to work against one another instead of for one another. This morning, I believe that some of us, some of you in this community, which, is, which happened pretty often, has believed some of the lies from, from that Satan has whispered into your thoughts. And you believe the lie by gossiping and slandering one another. You've allowed his voice to be louder than the voice of God. You've allowed him to creep into your thought process. Some of you this morning, I believe you're holding unforgiveness in your heart. You have allowed his voice to creep into your thought process by letting you hold unforgiveness and bitterness in your hearts against one another, against your brothers and your sisters. And for some of you, you've allowed his voice to creep into your thoughts and your mind by disconnecting yourself from God and disconnecting yourself from this community. You've, you've allowed him to speak condemnation over you, to speak guilt over you, to speak shame over you, and therefore you've disconnected yourselves. But today, I would like to remind you to silence the voice of the enemy. I've come today to tell you, silence the voice of the enemy today. Silence the lies that he has spoken over you right now. Silence those lies that he's spoken over you. You see, he defeated humanity in the Garden of Eden. But thousands of years later, Jesus defeated the serpent in the Garden of Gethsemane when he decided to go to the cross and gave his life for you. And because Jesus went to the cross... I'm here to tell you today that there is grace for you. Because Jesus redeemed your sins on the cross, there is grace for you. If you have been living a life of gossip, of slander, I'm here to tell you today that there is grace for you. You can come right to the cross and he is there. And he is willing to renew you. He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to, to, um, to, um, to, um, to um, transform your life. If you're living with unforgiveness, in your heart have caused you to be disunified, there is grace for you. Jesus died on the cross and he forgive your sins. Silence the voice of the enemy. Let him speak no more to you because there is grace for you. And if you have been disconnected from this body because you're filled full of guilt and shame and condemnation, I want you to know that there is grace for you. The serpent has been defeated. And all he can do is speak lies. This morning, listen no more to his lies. But listen to what the word of God says. Let God's word be louder than the voice of Satan. Let it be louder than the voice of Satan, church. Let it be louder than the voice of Satan from this day forward. Because God has given you a vision. God has given you a purpose. He's called you to work together, to work with one another, to operate as one unit. You have strength in numbers. Leave this place 
and never be the same again. Bow your heads and close your eyes and I pray for you. Father, I want to thank you, God, for this community of people. God, as you place in my heart, and I would declare it, at this church, this community is like the church of Ephesus. They've been called to mobilize people to change their surroundings in different ways. You have filled them with gifted people, with different types of talents and giftings. I pray, Father God, that as they move forward, God, with their vision, as they move forward, God, with what you've spoken over them, God, that they will work together as one unit, God. And they'll be motivated by the why, by the calling that you've placed on their life. God, that they will walk in gentleness, they'll walk in humility, they'll bear with one another in love, Jesus. They will get rid of the gossip and the unforgiveness as they move forward, God. Because God, you're one God and we are one. And as long as we remember that, the enemy can never separate us. We're always going to stay united. I pray and I declare this over this church right now. In Jesus' name, amen.